0: Hi everyone, Dr. Elizabeth Bonet here. Dr. Liz, welcome to the Hypnotize Me podcast. Before we jump in, please note that the podcast is not mental health treatment, nor should it replace mental health treatment. If you need psychotherapy or hypnotherapy, please seek treatment from a trained professional. I do hypnosis all over the world, so please feel free to contact me through my website, DrLizHypnosis.com, D-R-L-I-Z-Hypnosis.com. Hi, everyone. Dr. Liz here. I do want to announce that the 2021 survey is open. So I would love to hear from you. It takes like one to two minutes. You know, they send you like statistics, like how long it takes people to take your survey, that type of thing. So we're talking one to two minutes. And I would absolutely love to know who is listening. I run one of these every couple of years so that I can make sure that I am tailoring my content to what my audience wants to listen to and wants to hear and learn about. So please go over and take the survey. Okay, the link is not like super easy because I wanted to use Question Pro, but to get a custom link, I had to pay like $1,500 or something. And I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> so instead of trying to read it, which I actually did record that and I was like, this is ridiculous. Like nobody's gonna type that in while I'm saying it. The link is in the show notes. So you can see it down there, click on it. I would love, love, love to have your feedback and know in general who you are. It is an anonymous survey, but I would love to know like how old are my listeners and do they have kids and how do they identify and all that good stuff. So please take two minutes of your time and go do the survey. Now coming up is an interview with Elliot Rowe. I have to tell you that he has just a fantastic voice. When I was doing the interview and then later when I was editing it, I just loved listening to his voice. And since we've done the interview, I have listened to his app as well. I've truly enjoyed it. He's going to talk about high performers in this interview? And what gets them to that level? How do you achieve at a higher level? And then he gives some practical advice about how to get to the next level of poker playing. So if that is of interest to you, stick around, because it is in the latter part of the interview. Or I guess you could use the fast forward on your podcast player, whatever you like to do. So I hope you enjoy it. And I hope you enjoy his voice as much as I do. I know that's a a pretty personal thing. Like some voices we match with and some we don't. And I'm sure an audiologist could tell us why that is. But having said that, let's jump in. Hi, Elliot. Welcome to the Hypnotize Me podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me on the show.
0: Absolutely. I'm so excited about our conversation today. I know that you are a specialist in hypnosis for high performance. So I wanted to know how you got started doing that.
1: Um, A a series of very fortunate events (laughs) is how Uh it happened. Um, So I'd qualified as a hypnotherapist and it was considering it a side career. And something for fun as a hobby. And I'd started working It was doing all the normal things hypnotherapists do, you know, help people with lose weight, fears, phobias, things like that. And mm-hmm. I'd started working with a few just um, amateur golfers to improve their score. And I'd seen some significant changes. And I was talking to a friend about it. And she mentioned well, she worked in the poker industry and was mm-hmm. saying that, Hey, well, you know, if you can help golfers with stress when they're putting, How about helping poker players with stress from final tables for millions of dollars? Yeah. So, made a lot of sense. Um, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) um, So then I, I sort of managed to break into the poker market. Um, this is about a decade ago um and, and had extraordinary success i was very fortunate my clients in poker have won over a hundred million dollars um a lot of the sort of the big stories over that decade the client was working with me so people who went sort of from nothing to going on a big streak of winning large tournaments things like that so i, I got quite a lot of um vision from that a lot of people noticed me and with professional poker there's also the reality that in the high stakes games, there are professional poker players and then there are businessmen and there are stockbrokers and there are professional athletes.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: because of that, um, my name was getting told to guys on Wall Street and CEOs of companies. And I started working with UFC fighters and Olympians um, and everything sort of spread there. And and it, it sort of meant that I was never doing any of the more traditional hypnotherapy, you know, the quit smoking and things like that, everything became high performance. And, and it's really been this evolution over a decade of of this sort of work.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, I'm married to a poker player. Oh, crikey. <laughs> amateur, amateur. Okay. And a golfer. He's like golf obsessed. Yeah, I'm quite happy being a golf widow because I'm such an introvert. It gives me like plenty Bit of time of space. to myself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but um, uh, when you're your email came across my desk. I was like, absolutely. Interview. <laughs> right. So what do you think that these, these high stakes poker player, you know, that becomes really a profession, right. And these very high performance people, what do you feel like they have in common that they struggle with that you help them with?
1: Um, what I've seen, you know, from almost any area, you know, I've with as I say, high performers in poker and and very high performers in business running in multinational companies, things like that. And everything seems to be a form of self-sabotage or, or self-worth. Um, it just kicks in for people at different levels. Mm. And for some people, um, you know, self-sabotage might mean you never make the national squad in a sport. For other people, that means the self-sabotage means they get the silver medal rather than the gold medal. And- right. Whether I'm working with a UFC fighter or a poker player or a CEO of a company, the sessions are all very similar. Um, it's all about understanding why they're not valuing themselves in the way they would and the fears of failure and the fears of success and the ego protection that's going on. But it's, it's a theme I, I don't think just through high performers, they've just been fortunate enough that you know they, they were able to go further along before it hit. <laughs> um, but just mm-hmm. in humans in general, um, I think these are the themes that hold everyone back.
0: Absolutely. I mean, that's that's a lot of my work that I do. And I am consider myself like a deep, deeper healing, a deep healing specialist. Mm. And that is typically what we're working on is self-worth and often how that translates to some self-sabotage. Absolutely. And how do they value themselves and how do they change the belief into one that they matter? They matter and they're worth this and they can do whatever they set out to do so that is really interesting that it's a you see that as the common theme really
1: yeah i think i think it's just a human theme and you know we've all just got our caps at different levels
0: mhm yeah yeah so do you find that high performance people also have like some common traits that get them to that level you're saying like it kicks in at different levels for people but they must have some traits already, right oh, to even get them to that level,
1: certainly. I mean, obviously, hard work is important, um, especially in the sorts of fields that I'm working in. Um, so so no one, no one's just lucky and becomes world class. Mm-hmm. so, we see the hard work, um, but also another trait that seems to be strong in the very highest performers. So not necessarily just you know professional athletes or professional poker players or sort of mid-level businesses, but in the very highest levels, they seem to be very open to questioning whether they're right or wrong. And then also, if they see someone competition, um, not necessarily disregarding what the competition is doing and seeing what they can learn from the competition. And that's certainly something that I see with people who are doing well, but sort of aren't really, really world-class. Oftentimes, ego's there. And when they see a competitor doing something different, they're, they're very quick to criticize the different behavior rather than question, why is my competitor doing this? What are they getting from this? Um, and I, that's definitely a trait that I've seen repeat itself over a, a large number of the people who are the best in the world at different things.
0: That is fascinating. I'm like, really... When you're doing that, you're setting the ego aside at Mm. that point, right? It's not about them. It's more about like, okay, what are they doing and how can I learn from that?
1: It's about a process, like an evolution. You know, it's a full growth mindset. Um, Mm. And from what I've seen, if you want to reach the very highest levels, it's important to be open-minded in that way. And, you know, if we step back from it, it's quite logical, you know, if um, if if people who are in competition with you are doing something slightly different rather than disregard question and more likely than not, you'll pick up some things that are useful along the way. Um, and, and as I say, that's just it's been an interesting theme for me to notice.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. How have you applied that to your own life and business?
1: Um, I mean, I in terms of even just with hypnotherapy, um, I train some hypnotherapists and I'll bring in hypnotherapists to give talks who have a different view on hypnotherapy to me. Mm-hmm. So rather than me just, you know, preaching <laughs> the people yeah. I'm training, um, you know, I'll bring on people who who have a different idea of how this works and why this works. Um, because oftentimes, you know, everyone's something's working for everyone if they're in the business and they're successful.
0: Um, So there's
1: always something to learn and I don't believe that in the work we're doing, there's really a right and a wrong. I see it as more of an art form. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, you know, what's the correct way of painting a picture? Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, that's how I've applied this in my own life is that, you know, I'll, I'll pay people. To, to give talks and who who I don't necessarily you know my my gut instinct isn't isn't the same as theirs on the subject but it's allowing me to grow in, in my own professional development
0: yeah absolutely that is interesting and i have found from doing some mentoring myself of people newer to the field i won't necessarily say younger because they're not often younger in age, (laughs) you know, it's it's more like when they discover hypnosis and they get started doing it, but I'll see an evolution around how they work and what they do and what they try. That's really interesting. And I see that in myself as well, of there's so many resources out there. I mean, even books, right? Books, Mm. people, all this stuff of different ways that they work. And, um, and sometimes I'll try something that's not a really good fit for me and other times I will. And it's a great fit. And it's like, wow, that's that felt good and it worked for the client. And um, so that's a win overall, right?
1: Oh, completely. And it's just adding something else to the toolbox. I mean, if you learn something, even if it never really gets used, um, it's still adding capacity for a client who might turn up in five years from now.
0: Yes. Yeah. Sometimes things will come back to me too, just for the moment, you know, of like, yeah, oh, I remember that. And it's useful right in this moment, <laughs> right? When you didn't necessarily plan that. Absolutely. So why do you think that high performers um, are turning to this particular art form? I agree with you. It's an art form. It's not um particularly when you're working with people one-on-one. I know the way I work, it's 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 very custom. Mm-hmm. So it is like creating a canvas that you're working from and making sure that you're helping the person in front of you, not just um, you know, a person in the book that you read about, right? And you think you should do this. So why do you think that they the high performers turn to hypnosis, let's say, versus something else? Or maybe they're turning to a lot of stuff, but why do you think they turn to you to do that?
1: Um, in terms of working with me personally, um, almost every client I've had has been word of mouth, mm. and it's because of the success they've seen in one of their friends.
0: Ah, got so
1: it. it's not that they're actually looking for; hip- they're not searching hypnotherapists on Google. Um,
0: uh-huh.
1: They're sur- they're they're literally reaching out to me and saying, "Hey, you started working with my friend. I've seen how his life has changed. I don't really know what you do, but I want to work with you, or I want to hear more about it." so oh, it, it's never really been a selling hypnotherapy it's been much more of a sort of organic growth um mm-hmm. of just client testimonials and as i said I, I was so fortunate in terms of you know different things that have happened with you know i had people win ufc championships people break world records in sports um crazy things in the poker market crazy things in the stock market mm-hmm. and because of these big stories um it creates excitement and also you know that that gets past the trust issue because if someone has actually seen changes in someone that they're close to um mm-hmm. they're much more they're much more willing to try something like hypnotherapy whereas if they just see an advert on Facebook um certainly the sort of high performance that I'm talking about I, I would think it'd be very very unlikely um, that they would reach out.
0: oh yeah, got it. Got it. That is really interesting because yeah, they basically have um, a friend, a a colleague, someone they know, a testimonial sitting right in front of them (laughs) versus like, you know, an advertisement that'll often use that to sell. That is really interesting. And how long have you been doing it?
1: Um, About 10 years.
0: About 10 years. Yeah. So I think it was uh,
1: qualified in 2010. Um, Yeah. So 11 11 years. (laughs) 11 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's my maths. Um, yeah, so 11
0: years. Excellent, excellent. And you have your own podcast, is that correct?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I have a couple of podcasts. Um, have Prime Mind Podcast, which is uh, different high performers in different areas. Mm-hmm. And then I have a poker-specific one called the Mindset Advantage Podcast, which is we bring on different poker players to talk about mindset and how it impacts their game and their profits
0: oh my gosh, you know, I'm telling my husband about that one. I didn't know about that got one. got <laughs>
1: 150 episodes for him, so you might lose your husband a little bit longer. <laughs> well, that's
0: okay. <laughs> that's been, I use it myself. You know, I start—I took up golf when I met him a couple of years oh, ago. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, and um, I decided at one point my best chance of being a good golfer was to work on my short game because I'm like 51 and I'm like, all right, I'm not going to drive way down <laughs> the green, right? It's not going to happen at my age, but um, I'll listen to it myself. So I go out and I, I often will putt. So you have the Pride Mind podcast yeah. and then you have the Mindset Advantage. Do you also have an app? Yeah. The Prime so, Mind? so I have
1: Prime Mind app, which is a hypnotherapy app um okay so that one you can download for free and I think you get about 40 audios and then if you join I think there are 300 hypnosis audios wow. um so that has you know sleep a, a lot of stuff for performance there so um before specific sports before sales calls before going on a date um to start your day effectively to finish your day effectively it's I mean obviously the idea of primed mind you're priming yourself for something mm-hmm. so rather than sort of more generic meditation it's it's sort of it is hypnotherapy and all the tracks have a specific purpose
0: fantastic and you, did you record all of those
1: yeah yeah wow. lots of recording
0: yeah I was gonna say how long did that take you that's a lot it,
1: it was a lot yeah it was a lot of work um, but it's over a number of years I think we launched in 2017 um so so it wasn't all done in one go okay and then we, we just add add more and more content as the years go on
0: mm-hmm. has that been a fun process for you
1: it's been really enjoyed. What's What's nice is being able to share the message with obviously a much larger audience than it's possible to do on a one-to-one basis. And, you know, we did things like we we released a number of things over COVID for free. Mm-hmm. and um, we've got a study section, you know, helping kids with exam stress, and and that section is just always free. So cool. it just feels like something where we can give back yeah. and, you know, help people understand that these modalities can be really powerful, and it's literally, you know, almost everyone has a smartphone, mm-hmm. um, so they can access it. A, a lot of the stuff they can access for free that we feel will help them, and then if they want to do more, as I say, there's there's paid options, but it just feels good to be to be giving something back.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. Absolutely. I mean, I feel that way about my podcast, but an app absolutely can reach a a much broader audience. Mm -hmm. And um, I have a 15 year old and a 19 year old. And um, the 19 year old will listen to some podcasts, but not really the 15 year old. She's not really into that, but she's certainly into like an app that would help her do some of the things that she needs to do like test prep and reduce anxiety and all kinds of stuff. So that's fantastic.
1: But Get her to download it. It's
0: Absolutely. I will. <laughs> <laughs> she asked me the other day for a CBT therapist, a cognitive <laughs> therapist. And I'm like, sure, sure. We can find you a CBT therapist. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> like, Yeah. So she does her own little research and decides what she needs these days, which is good. Yeah. So I want to ask you more specifically about poker and hmm. what you see some of the big roadblocks in poker being along the way. Like how does someone jump from, let's say, one level to the next?
1: Um, so poker is incredibly broad. Um, so there's there's live poker, there's online, there's different variants of the game. Um, there are tournaments or cash games as well. And you get very different types of people. So there are a lot of recreational players who they're there for fun and they, they might pretend they're winning money, but they know they're not, um, you know, in the hard uh-huh. parts. Yeah. Uh, you again get the semi-serious players um, who are working a job and they study a bit on the side and, and they might be able to break even. Sometimes they can make a small amount of profit, but that's, that's quite rare. And then you have the different levels of professional um which is anything from people making twenty, thirty thousand 30,000 a year playing very small stakes um all the way up to millions of dollars a year part of it is natural intelligence i i don't believe poker is an incredibly mathematical game mm-hmm. and i don't believe that just anyone could be successful i personally could not be a world class poker player um because i've because of the people i've met who are world, truly world class they they're, they're very similar, you know. I've I've worked with like chess grandmasters as well. It's the same level of intelligence, mm, um, and, and I'm aware that that's not the level I'm at. So for people to be truly world class, they have to have that level of, you know, they they chose to do maths at university because it interested them. That you know yeah. is that sort of mind.
0: I finally feel um, validated in this moment. I'm going to tell you.
1: Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes, yes, because I have been told several times in my life that I should play poker. And I'm always like, no, I cannot do that kind of math in my head. You got to do a lot of math, a lot of tracking, all that kind of stuff. I'm like, no, I can't do that in my head. So yeah, I'm feeling really good.
1: Yeah, right you're now. I'm man. intelligent you in a different way,
0: like- <laughs> <laughs> but I am not intelligent when it comes to math. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, that, that's yeah. I told myself that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Something else. Right. I've got something else. Right. Um, But but yeah, I mean, but it is, you know, it's maths heavy. If you want to be world class, I mean, it doesn't have to be, you know, if you're playing for fun at a local place, like you don't have to be like that. But if we're talking about what what sets people apart, that's very significant. Mm -hmm. Controlling the gambling urges is extraordinarily important. Mm. Um, So people jumping up into stakes that they're not really qualified to play. Um, yeah. with a bankroll that they can't afford to play in those stakes. Mm-hmm. Um, poker's high variance. It's not like chess. The best player doesn't always win. You can play in a game, and if you've only got two buy-ins for that game, it's very likely you're going to lose all of your money. Yeah. Um, and And a lot of players fall into those traps where they gamble too heavily. They start chasing their losses, mm-hmm. and that's where a lot of my work has come in, helping poker players sort of resolve those issues.
0: Ah oh. and
1: then there's the fear of failure like I said the fear of success the putting yourself in the opportunities to win and also the level of study the, the professionals I work with they're doing in most cases somewhere between 10 and 20 hours a week of study around the game
0: wow. um
1: and That's a lot. that will be for like 10 20 years of that wow um and a lot of people you know be like oh I'm going to go and play poker Against the professionals, they they're not aware of the level of work that's being done behind the scenes, and they think it's natural talent, but you yeah. know this is a profession now, and there's millions of dollars on the line. you, you have highly intelligent people working very hard um, mm-hmm. to have a substantial edge. so yeah, if if you are really good at maths and you love the game of poker and you're willing to put in that effort, you can make an extraordinary income, but all of those pieces of the puzzle need to be there or you'll probably break even or lose money.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That totally makes sense to me. That's fascinating. And I did have a question. Do you ever have people think, well, not think, they have a fear or worry that this is going to mess up my game, like hypnosis is going to mess up my game?
1: Um, Maybe very, very early on. Um, But the level of public success by a number of the most respected players in the world
0: Mm
1: -hmm. removes that conversation. So, you know, if you've got literally a a large number of the people, like I said, who've had the most success over the last decade have been personal clients of mine and have spoken about it. Mm -hmm. Um, So an argument of, you know, I don't believe the best players in the world. I think this is going to be bad for me. I mean, those people, I guess, would probably just (laughs) never reach out. They probably just wouldn't reach out to me. So there's probably people who believe that, but that they're not going to end up getting on a call with me
0: to find out
1: because it just wouldn't make sense. But, uh, but because of the, again, it's the testimonials have been everything for me through my career.
0: All right. Fascinating. I love it. I love it. We're coming close to the end of our time here. Can you please tell people how to contact you and how to find your like wonderful offerings, your app and your um, podcasts?
1: Yeah. So um, my website's elliotrow.com. There's also the app's website is primedmind.com and the podcasts are on there. And as I say, the, the best thing if you want to listen to more of my work, um, really the Prime Mind app is the best because as I say, it's it's there's a ton of free content. So I would download that on your iPhone. It's on iPhone or Google Play and check that one out.
0: Okay, fantastic. I'm sending that one over to, to both of my daughters today after our interview. <laughs> so thank you so much for being on the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me on.